0: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com Let's get this dinner party started
3: Good evening, this is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast I'm your host Wayne Barton, joined by a right motley crew tonight on this Sunday evening Uh, First of all, I'll go clockwise. Joined by Kyle, my good man. How are you doing,
4: Kyle? Are you good? Good, yeah. United hasn't been able to ruin my weekend this weekend, so it's all all good right now. (laughs) (laughs) They'll they'll ruin it twice next week. Don't worry about it. (laughs)
3: Um, Yeah, um, I said clockwise. That's obviously for the the people who are watching it on YouTube. If you're listening back on the audio, what are you going on about clockwise? Um, Obviously joined by Andrew as well. How are we doing, Andrew? Are you good?
5: Yeah, not too bad. Same as Harry. <clears throat> not had to worry about the results so far. So been quite a relaxing weekend. Looking forward to for me it's always the biggest game of the season tomorrow night, which I'm sure we'll get a bit of coverage on today's show.
3: Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that game and Harry. How are you doing, mate? Been a little couple of weeks since we had you on. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, okay
1: Uh all honestly, a little bit worse for where today was out out watching the Joshua fight yesterday. So you know, been uh, been slightly worse for wear, um, and bracing myself for tomorrow. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay, surviving.
3: Oh, as long as you don't do any Anthony Joshua-inspired um, monologues. Oh no! Well, well, you are here for that, so you can do the monologues if you want, <laughs> just possibly not in the same fashion. Oh, um, God. Yeah, if you're, if you're watching back on, on YouTube or Facebook, feel well, if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions in, and we'll get to as many as we can. If you're watching the replay, please say hello. We do still um, reply to your comments, so feel free to do that. And um, if you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to um, like. I don't know if you can like on those platforms, but subscribe and give us a review on the platform. <laughs> you're listening on. It's going to be a busy week on the pod this week. First of all, I want to congratulate Phil Marsh, um, regular Friday night podcaster with Lee Lawrence and Keane. Um, Phil has been given a really good position at Pilkington FC. If those who um, watch the, or listen to the podcast run away, he's recently um, done his metatarsal, so he's got a few injury problems. And in that meantime, he's been given, um, a fe- I- I'm going to say a promotion, but it's not really It's his first coaching role of the under-23s at Pilkington. Um, and Phil, anyone who's come across Phil in, in football knows um, what an honest person that he is and what a great um, role that will be. A lot of people will be able to learn from him. So good luck, Phil, and congratulations. Just fantastic job. Um, we have got um, a packed week on the podcast as well. So Joe Seeley, the son of Les Seeley, is going to be on the podcast tomorrow. Um, Joe has been working for years on getting Les's autobiography published. So we're going to be talking to more about that. And I'm sure anyone, of, and me and Andrew, certainly are old enough to remember um, Les and what a character he was. I'm sure about you you guys, you young ones, Kyle and Harry, but we, um, we certainly do remember him and love him to bits. Um, also, on Tuesday's podcast, we're obviously going to have two match reactions. First, with Luke Steele and Jamie, and then with Paul Parker, um, I guess it's the biggest game of the season, so might as well have a couple of match reactions in there. Also going to be talking to Andy Slater from the, um, the Balmy Army Women's fanzine. He's the editor of that, so we'll be talking to him on Tuesday. And I'll be talking to Matt Dickinson, finally, on, on Tuesday. He's the guy who broke the story about Jim Ratcliffe, the takeover um, the takeover bit. That's not why I'm actually having him on. It's because he wrote this book, 1999, and... Uh, he just happily coincided with that, so I'll be able to grill in on both. And it's a great book, by the way. Give it a read. Okay, first things first. We'll start with the good stuff and then get to the dread. The good stuff is, first of all, that Casemiro um, looks like he's nailed on to sign. He's, he's, um, the fee was agreed. I think he's had his medical already. He's been in Manchester. Um, he seems to have been quite happy to push for the move as well. Um, Andrew, I'll come you first on this. It's a massive... Um, st- statement of um, progression from United to make a signing like this, so for Tenag at least, to say, look, we've had a massive all in that midfield for a long time and you might as well feel it we one of the best central defensive midfielders in world football, certainly over the last two or three years. Um, so, I mean, th- there are some concerns about his age, about Real Madrid letting a player at his peak go, you know, like they did with Varane, or they selling as a dud. Um, but All in all, it seems to be a very positive signing. What do you make of it?
5: I think it's a superb signing for for Manchester United. And, you know, there's people saying it it's come out the blue, which it has probably to most supporters from a couple of people I've spoken with who get a little bit of inside scoops have said it was a name which was thrown about early in Ten Hag's days. It was somebody who was looking to get into the club, but they just thought there was no possibility of that happening. And I, and we've seen that over the years with many signings that what United have made were signings have come out the blue. You know, you, you look at Cantona. You know, it, it was a phone call to Alex Ferguson hoping to sign Dennis Irwin, yeah. and Clay asked for Cantona, and he got Cantona. On it. This is almost a little bit like that. The the club had him on a list of players, never thought they were going to get him. The attention and the focus has pretty much been on Dijon, who apparently is still linked. He is still. A possibility could come in if they get the issues resolved with Barcelona, but he's the sort of player which we need. We've been crying out for, and you know, people have said we've never replaced Carrick um, since Carrick went. We've never replaced Keane probably since since Keane went. And it they're not the same type of player, but he's a player who's going to get up and down the pitch. He's aggressive in the tackle. You know, Ten Hag has said constantly we need to get more aggression into the team. You know, we, there's there's players who aren't putting the foot in or. We're not getting that energy in the tackle and the energy in the press, and I think mean, that's exactly, <coughs> excuse me, what he's going to um, he's going to bring to the side here. I think he's going to lift other players' games. Um, the interesting one is now, what's that dynamic going to be between Fred, who he plays with in the, in the national team? Where does McTominay fit in with this? But also, where does it fit in with sort of Ericsson and, and Fernandez? And we're going to touch a little bit later, with I you on other signings, which are being looked at, and I think this is going to be. I think this week's been quite a mad week for Manchester United both on and off the pitch and it? it's probably going to be like that now until that transfer window shuts and Casemiro is a signing where you know people I think looked at the negatives far too often you know he's 30 years old is that old? Probably not you know we've got a centre forward playing for us who's what 37 years old if we can get yeah. two or three good years out of Casemiro I don't, I don't care if he's 32 34 or 36 so he's 30 he's in a He's in that good age and, and he's proven to be in the player what we've been crying out for over the sort of the last six or seven years at Real Madrid.
3: Yeah, um, Harry, he's definitely, I mean, nobody can argue about his pedigree, you know, and, and his presence for sure. He's an absolutely incredible midfielder. He's probably never been mentioned in the press before because he seems so ungettable and, and it seems crazy that United have. Considering all the dithering over De Jong, that they've managed to accelerate this over like a matter of hours to the point yeah. where you know the deal was agreed and they got the the medical over the line and everything like that, and that he seems keen to come and that he's pushed for the move and everything like that. Um, yeah. obviously there's there's all the things with Camavinga playing there, and they've obviously got Cruz already. There's, they've got players around to make that move a little bit easier, but he seems to want the challenge. He's obviously going to be familiar with Varane and Ronaldo as well. So there's a winner's pedigree coming into the dressing room. Um, Where where do you stand on this? Are you you happy with it?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think anyone can be unhappy with bringing someone of that kind of quality to the club. Um, And as you mentioned as well, it was good to see um, from perspective of how quickly they turned the transfer around that we could attract this kind of, um, you know, pedigree of player uh, to the club. I think in comparison to De Jong, it just goes to show if a player is actually keen to come and play for United, things can be done quickly. And that, first and foremost, is really important for me. Um, You know, we want to buy players that want to actually... Actually, be here and not have a list of demands and, and you know, a little, loads of toing and froing. So the fact that he's so keen to come it, it is absolutely fantastic. You know, it's been very, very clear we've needed to add quality in that area of the park for a very, very long time. Um, you know, as was mentioned before, you know, Carrick Keane, I kind of agree with that line to be honest. Keane would. I don't think was ever replaced in terms of a character, you know, who would get the midfield going, or get the whole team going. Really, get under get under United players' skin if they, you know, did a bad pass or or they weren't quite right, you know. Um, so I, I'm not saying obviously he'll be that kind of player in his uh, in his kind of character mentality, but he'll definitely be a positive addition. Um, the only slight concern. I have is that, obviously, you know, it's a different league. It's, you know, a quicker tempo. So it may just take him a little while to get up to speed. Um, like we saw with Varane last year, he, you know, struggled a bit, got a couple of injuries, was in and out of the team. Um, and especially in that position, you know, when you do have to go up and down the pitch, yeah, given he does do it for Real Madrid, you may need to do it a little bit more for United right? because of how quick the Premier League is. And, you know, as, as we've seen already in the first few games, no game, I think is an easy game in the Premier League. doesn't matter who you're playing home or away. It, it's a, it's a tough game. Whereas, you know, in La Liga, you can maybe get away with maybe three to five games, which, which no, no way you can sit back and relax, but are slightly easier than the rest. So, so those are the kind of challenges he might face. But overall, I think it's a fantastic signing and a you know, great addition. Like I said, Christian Eriksen coming into the middle of Park this year. Also, you know, it, it's somewhere which Ten Hag obviously knew we need to improve and we have.
3: Yeah, Um Neil says, it's a good signing for United. Jason says, excellent signing, great to hear. He wants to come up. He's presented to the crowd before kick-off tomorrow. Maybe not. I mean, this time around, it might incite a riot. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Dan also makes a great comment here. I think it's a very good signing. My concern is that I think we're still missing the control in the midfield. A la like Carrick, Scholes, Modric and, and Cruz. He wins it back and then passes to who. It's, it's a good point, Kyle. That, um, and First of all, you would... Presume that it makes it easier that those Fernandez gambles, which he takes so often, that'll become you would presume they'll become less risky because of the fact that you've got someone there to win the ball. But I mean, it's a great point that I mean, Harry and Andrew have made about his presence and his pedigree. You're talking about a player who can automatically demand respect in the middle of the park so if he's pointing the finger where problems are going and also I've talked about Varane and Ronaldo we're talking about areas of the pitch where you've got players who understand at Real Madrid one of the handful of clubs where every single game the opponent is raising themselves to to play against you so he's already going to be aware of that kind of pressure on him. Um, It's a sign in that we know that it could go wrong it could not go perfectly in the same way the Ram goes and there the schweinsteiger one is another one that stands as like a sort of a concerning barometer of you know like something like this that could go wrong but it does seem on paper like a really smart signing doesn't it
4: yeah i think it seems like a great signing i've seen some people be unhappy with it just because of the age um I, i i think he's i think 30 you're still in your prime um I could see later in the contract maybe, but I mean, 32, 33 to me is still, um, you still have really good years of football left in you. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a great signing. I, to me, I think it's, it's potentially even a better fit than, than Diong would have been. Um, I think we needed someone that can shield the back four. Um, I think he's exactly that kind of player. Um, I think he adds a little grit that I don't know that Diong would have necessarily done for us. Um, and in that regard, I think he's, he's a really good player. I think, you know, I don't know exactly how, you know, what Ten Hag is thinking from a tactical standpoint. But if you've got Erickson and Fernandez in front of him, you've got two great, you know, two great outlets there. You know, hopefully this is the link that we've kind of been missing with, with Fred and McTominay where you get the ball to them. And it's like, well, now what? Well, now you've got a player that can kind of link the defense and the, and the attacking players on the midfield. Um, I think I think he's the perfect player to kind of do that. I mean, he, you've seen what he's done at Madrid. He's a numerous-time European champion. Um, he's been a really key part of those sides. Um, yeah, I think it's a great fit. Um, I, I mean, we all know that any transfer can go poorly. How many great players in the last decade have come to United and not worked out? Um, it seems like there's been a, a long list of them, unfortunately. But um, to me, this is exactly the type of player that fits what I think is by far our biggest need, and I think most people would agree that this is, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it, a lot of people have said this is kind of we never really filled the role once Carrick left. But I mean, I mean, I think you could go as far back as Keen and say we never really filled that role. And I think this is probably a closer comparison to Keen. Maybe I think there's a, you know, Carrick was never really a, a, a tackler, and I think we're gonna get a lot more of that with um with this signing so i think i i think this is um with with the struggles we've had defensively i think giving them a little extra protection this is this is a perfect kind of signing and i don't know that we would have gotten that with Diong.
3: yeah that, it should be said as well it doesn't look like the chase is necessarily over for Diong. he could be mm-hmm. one of the three that comes to play alongside him yeah. as well i mean United certainly seem to be pushing for that or at least briefing that everywhere <laughs> Casemiro, I mean, you're right in terms of the the style of play um it, it, what makes it funny when I watch him play is that he reminds me a little bit of Carrie Cankeen in that like he's obviously not afraid of the tackle but his intelligence his positional intelligence to actually break up the play and read read it um is very much yeah it's reminiscent of Carrick but Keen in his latter days was doing that for fun and um you know you know tammy I mean, keen even i i still assert that when Keen had his dodgy hit for the last two years he was probably man of the match most weeks and if mm-hmm. he wasn't man of the match then Someone had to do something exceptional to 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 beat that. So if if Casemiro can come close to that for the next two or three years, then United have got. Um, it's not just a great player; it's a significant upgrade on on what they've got. And you know, yeah, if De Jong arrives, then you've you've transformed possibly one of the worst three midfields in the league to one of the top three midfields in the league um, with two signings. So it's going to be interesting to see how That one develops. Um, the other one that's been mentioned, Anthony. There was a bit of a um, some some talk earlier in the day that uh, a fee had been agreed. The IX managers come out and sort of said, Oh, I want him to stay and everything like that, but he very much sees seems like this is the major transfer that um, Tenog's pushing for next. Harry, I'll come to you first. Um, United have gone for him once, they've gone for him twice, the fee's gone up, some, some you know substantially to say uh, an understatement, it's rumoured to be around 100 million euros all in um, if, they, if they do get this one over the line this is a very clear case of a player the manager wants over mm. you know <laughs> over anything, he's really pushed for this player and he really wants him so he doesn't really care, what the, he's not bothered what the fee is as long as he gets the player there's no other player in this area that's been mentioned really, it's been him who, who he seems to have wanted does it does it bother you a little bit that the fee's so high? I mean, are you just concerned that he's getting the player that he wants?
1: Yeah, um, a bit of both, really. I mean, it is concerning that kind of fee uh, for for a player um, like Anthony, because again, you know, in the Dutch league, slightly different to to the Premier League um, in terms of you know pace, etc. But ultimately. You know, Ten Hag is incredibly desperate to sign him for a reason, and he's worked together with him day in, day out for you know, two to three years, however long it was. And he obviously has seen the squad available to United for the last month or so, and I don't know. He he obviously feels that Anthony will, you know, add to that squad. Uh, in a very positive way. And that's the reason why he's, he's you know, really pushed the board to put in these, you know, two, three separate bids. However, at the same time, I mean, there, there's a limit, right? Uh, and I think Ajax can see the desperation on their side from United and it's like, okay, well, we don't, we don't need to sell him, he can stay. But if you want him, you're going to really, really, um, going to need to come in and, and spend the big bucks here. Um, the, the only concern I have, I think I raised it last time as well, is Hag does seem to have this uh, obviously fascination of players that he has managed before. Um, and it's just a little bit concerning from a recruitment point of view where you know he, he needs to maybe trust uh, scouts which are at the club or you know, working on a bit of research to identify similar players or similar traits which are outside of the players that he's managed, right? And then we wouldn't necessarily be in the situation where, you know, like I said, Ajax definitely know how desperate Ten Hag is to have him in. Obviously, the, again, the first two Premier League games don't help that either because we haven't started very well. That doesn't put our position um, you know, it puts us in a weaker position, if anything. Um, so it is, it is concerning. Uh, I won't lie, that that amount of money uh, for a player like Anthony it, it is a little concerning.
3: Yeah, Kyle, um, great comment in from Dan. He says his view on the fee for Anthony is that he should, should he have a good season this year, then it's certainty that the likes of Barca or Madrid come in next season and pay around 80 million pounds. And Jim says, how can Anthony be worth that much? And they won't pay the extra for for Frenkie. This is really good. It's an interesting point here because United's balance sheet um, doesn't really... I mean, you can view the accounts wherever you want. It doesn't suggest that there's a a tremendous amount of um, free cash there to be splurging this amount of money, which tells you that they're probably putting the structured payments in and it's going to be over the next two or three years, which... A lot of clubs do. I'm not saying that they don't do right. that, but United are already, I think they're already owing about around 100 million pounds in
4: transfer. Yeah, yeah I saw that the other day. It's a lot of money.
3: So, <laughs> so you, you know, you're basically doing the same again for these players that we're bringing in now. Obviously, the squad needs them, so you can understand Tenog pushing for them. Anthony's a very special case in point, the fact that it's a lot of money for a player who you would probably... If United were paying forty million pounds for him, you'd be thinking, "All right, that seems about the same, you know, the the sort of standard way they expect for someone from the from the Dutch league. But it's gone up and up and up. Um, and yeah, you can argue that Senard wants him, but then there's this risk of like doing the Barcelona thing, right? You know, and you know, getting into that that era of like spending money that you don't have and creating you know problems down the line. For players who, you know, you can understand if they're doing it for Casemiro, that you can understand if they're doing it for De Jong, players of quality. But for a player like Anthony, it's like, I'm mm, not sure about this. The one the one good point is that he's got a, a resale value at the end. Um, where do you stand? You're looking at these transfers, you know, United, are you thinking this is this is concerning panic? Or are you looking at it thinking these are the players that United need to be bringing in?
4: Yeah, I, it's it's a good point I, I I like the point about the fact if he has a good season yeah Madrid Madrid or Barcelona I don't know about Barcelona I don't know where they're gonna get that money from but um activate you know the seventh lever maybe um but uh yeah I mean eventually you know they're gonna if, if he has a good season they're gonna come calling you know you almost wonder you know if he is as good as 10 Hawk thinks he is you almost need to get in there early before you know a Madrid does come in um I, I think uh, I think the De Jong point was interesting too. Like, why not pay the extra money for Frankie? Um, I, I think the best example here is the fact that Antony clearly wants to come and is pushing to come, and we'd have no idea what's going on with Barcelona and Frankie at this point. Um, it, it seems like I, I don't know. You know, we've speculated and speculated and speculated. You know whether or not he wants to come. If there are some sort of assurances behind the scenes that he's offered Ten Hag or not or whatever, but it's pretty clear he's willing to push for this move. He's missed training what the last two days. Um, I don't think he even made the squad for them today because they think he was distracted or this weekend. I, I can't remember when they played, but um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a it's a really tough one because it's a lot of money that we're talking about, and I and Ten Hag obviously really wants him. Um, I know right wing has been an issue for us. I thought Sancho was supposed to fix that, but he's, I think, struggled. I I'd hoped that, um, you know, a new manager would kind of help fix that. Um, it doesn't, you know, we're still early into that. I, I still think he he will come good. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that he's a left footed right winger and, you know, the ability to cut in and take those shots is something that, ten hog really wants so i think that that's you know he offers something different from what we have in that position that is a key position for us right now um so that's certainly of interest so i think that fills a need that that the manager really wants to address but we're talking about a lot of money um for like you know like harry said you know coming over from the dutch league um it's you know i I don't know it's hard to say At, at the end of the day if the if the manager wants him And the, you know, we are able to pay the fee and it's, you know, the transfer is sanctioned, then yeah, go get the player like, you you know, but if it hinders us for the rest of this window into the next window, then, you know, then, then, you know, that's obviously a very different conversation, Um, but yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, we, we've, we've complained that the manager has not been properly backed and now he's asking for this player that he wants, that fits his system, that he knows that he has a relationship with. And, you know, we got to pay to do that. So, you know, I I don't think we can have it both ways. If we want to have the manager backed, I think you gotta, you gotta go get the player. Um, And hopefully, you know, my hope is, is, you know, we're talking about a hundred million euros, I think is the number being quoted right now. Um, hopefully with him kind of pushing for the move internally i'm hopefully that that there's some sort of negotiation that will go on but it seems like the you know it seems like the club is is pretty firm that it's going to be you know 100 million euros which is uh, an insane number um but yeah. we'll, let's see what happens in the next 2 weeks yeah um yeah
3: it's not going to be the only money the united are looking to spend as well yes. um jason says we need more attack attackers we're not creating enough chances um, and Dan says it's a good point that United are currently looking to spend cash they don't yet have. Um, it's not to say they won't have it, but as it stands today, it has to be against forecasted revenues risk. Yeah. It has to be said United are not the only club doing that as well. Um, Rory says, are oh, they spending money they don't have, or is it almost a sign that investment is coming to a partial or a full sale of the club? Um, yeah, going to be a lot of speculation like that over the, the coming weeks. Um, a lot of people watching at the moment really appreciate that and the, the discussion that's coming in. Please hit the like button on, on YouTube. I think it really helps the visibility of the, the show. So, um, yeah, please hit the like button. Really appreciate that, and it does help us. Um, Andrew, you, you know, Anthony is – the guys have already said he's coming from the Dutch League. For every Van Nistel, Roy and Robin, there's a Depay – or oh, the um the fella who went to Middlesbrough and never scored apart from against us that time. I can't remember his name, but I remember him scoring against us um in the snow in April. <sighs> Only in Middlesbrough. Um it is a hit and miss market and it's a lot of money. Um but again it is a player that Tenog knows and it's a player that he clearly wants. What do you reckon?
5: I think every transfers like that. You know, it's easy to say, oh, you know, not everyone from the Dutch leagues made it, but you know, not everybody from the English leagues made it when they've come to Manchester United. And you know, there's been big players at other clubs who just can't handle the pressure at Manchester United. And you know that, you know, you look at the likes of Veron over the years. You know, when, when we signed Veron, it was for me that was a, a statement signing. What probably set world football. Like. It was probably the biggest signing Manchester United have ever made. We, we've always tended to to buy players and develop the player and make him into that superstar like, like we did with Ronaldo or with Beckham and signing Varane was, was a big statement of intent and it just didn't, it just didn't work for various reasons. And some of that was, we probably didn't actually need him at the time. You know, we already had a superb midfield and okay, Beckham was looking to go to Real Madrid. There was probably a, a bit of a continuity plan with that. But I think what I've seen of Anthony, you know, he's, he's been, and, and it's very limited what I've seen. I've just, Seen the odd clips and done a little bit of research, and then what? has got me is is the manager stuck by who he wants to be as his initial target. So he knows who he wants to bring in, and if that's going to cost a few million pound more, which was probably the initial fee, then, then so be it. It's it's like monopoly money these days. It doesn't really mean that much to the club. It, you know, you pay this for one player, and you pay that for you pay that for another player, and that's that's the price what it happens to be these days. I think. You know, the 100 million figure, of probably Euros, you're probably talking about maybe 70, 70 million up front and maybe 30 million, depending on what probably what he wins over the next five or six years. I think there's a bit of a... So 70 <laughs> million. Probably. 70 million, yeah. The <laughs> but there's probably a bit of a hype on it because it, it's a World Cup year. You know, he's a Brazilian player. Brazil are probably yeah. going to have a quite a decent team at the World Cup. And it's one of them, you know... 70 million now could suddenly be 140 million in January. You've seen the figures bandied about with the likes of, you know, Neymar, for example, which, you know, I wouldn't pay 20 million for Neymar. Never mind 200 million, what he's, he's been quoted with on the past. But I think one of the good things I, I've seen from what I like with Anthony is it's his ability to track back and defend. And I think that's what Ten Hag is looking at, as much as his attacking abilities. <laughs> Sorry, he will probably make, um, make Darrow better. You know, you'll give you a lot more strength to Dado on that on that side than what he's getting comes uh, at the moment. And was it Kyle said before, he said, you know, with Casemiro, who does he give the ball to? There's another option for us there now. You know, he likes to cut in, he can put a good pass in, and I think it gives us a bit more fluidity to the to the front three. Uh, to to night's the key for me on how does this team progress going forward? Does Does Ronaldo play? Does all Martiell come back in? Okay, probably have a discussion on that later, but I think. Anthony just fits in slightly different. He gives us something we haven't got at the moment, uh, whether that's weighing in with some extra goals or the pass. And I wouldn't rule out us getting um, get pro as well. I think there's two key things here. There's one, what happens with Ronaldo. Does, if Ronaldo's here at the end of the transfer window, what does what does that say about maybe where we're going for the future? And I think it's a big six months as well for Rashford. Mark, yeah. you know, is. I like Marcus Rashford. I think there is a player in there, but there's just something not quite right with him. And, and I said this, I was talking with Alan Keegan, you know, the, the voice of Old Trafford, Alan, who does the t- Tannoy, the PA system at Old Trafford. And we, we had a game for the supporters team on the pitch in, in May and I was chatting with Alan afterwards and he said, where do we go with Marcus Rashford? And I said, to me, you give him six months. He's got he's got six months to prove himself. I don't, I don't think he's going to get an England team for the World Cup, which is one of his big goals and big drivers, but he's got away with the goals and the performances over these next like, six months, or then PSG rumours suddenly become a little bit more real, I think, and that, that's where the likes of Anthony and, and Gekpo give us them different options to replace either Ronaldo or, or Rashford going forward.
3: Yeah, it's going to be interesting few days, especially with the forward
4: situation. At I also the... wonder with, with Rashford, if there's a chance if Ronaldo does leave, if he gets moved back into the, the middle, just because yeah. we are so short on strikers and I, and the, and playing on the wing has not not been working, I wonder if if, if a change of position because when he first came through he, start, he he was playing as a striker and I, I wonder if yeah. if that's something that's that's kind of uh, in ten Hog's thoughts right now
3: yeah no yeah he's a good point um really good point um what made Rashford so good because he didn't really play as a central striker in the youth or well he, he did in the youth, but in the reserves he was playing as a wide forward, but when he got into the first team, it was not thinking, you know, and if you put him in mm-hmm. a situation where he's having to do things without
4: thinking, then it might, it might really. Um... The, yeah. The thing that seems like it kind of like broke, broke his brain a little bit is, is when he's running at players, he, 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 almost tries to do too much or he does, he does one move too much, like too many, instead of just trying the simpler thing, it almost might help him to switch to striker and just, just get the ball and shoot. Like, don't run at the players, like, don't think about making, like, the extra pass or, you know, just, you know, try to simplify the game a little bit more. And that that actually could work for him if Ronaldo does end up leaving and we need to move him into, you know, playing striker just because we have a shortage of numbers um, in the central position.
5: Yeah, I think for me, tomorrow night's team selection is probably a good indicator of what Ten Hag's plans are, does it? Does, Rash, uh, does Ronaldo start tomorrow night? Maybe Martial comes in ahead of him, and, and I think there's going to be a possibly a couple of surprises in the lineup tomorrow. You might see actually Martinez, maybe just playing slightly in front of a back four tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, well, we'll get on to in a moment. Uh, Stephen puts a comment in here. with our record in signing Brazilians. I wouldn't be very confident with Antonio Casemiro. <laughs> I'm going to say I spoke to two Brazilians that we played that played for us, Rafael and Fabio, and they both said that. Um, well, they they raved about um, Casemiro for sure. Um, didn't didn't say bad things about Antony, but they raved about Casemiro for sure. Um, so um, you heard it from the the Brazilian. <laughs> 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 There's a good things there. Um, Dan says Rooney's article in the Times was spawned about Marcus needs to go and find his best form probably else elsewhere. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Liverpool now then. Let's get into it because that's what everyone is waiting for the the preview. Oh, I've got to come to a couple of comments here as well. Um, Jason said the best seasons have been when Luke Shaw is playing well behind him. That's a good point. You're obviously going to need um, full-backs. Um, and obviously, Jason Prime says, Afonso Alves, who was the Middlesbrough forward who scored against us and never scored against anybody else. Good, good memory, Jason. I'm normally better for stuff like that. Um, so um, let's talk about Liverpool. Um, it's a, it's a tricky one with the selection. Obviously, everyone's expecting that you know Liverpool are going to come and turn us over. I mean, there was a concern. I think uh, it's a good, a good lad, um, Ian. Marshall, who was a United author and, and editor of books, he commented about the first... It was, a, was something about United's first ever game at Old Trafford and Liverpool came to Old Trafford and scored four. And he said something um, along the lines of, oh, I could see Liverpool coming and scoring four again at Old Trafford. I said, why so optimistic? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> because it feels like that at the moment. Um, Ari, I'll come to you first on this. Tenog, um, he's obviously got some massive decisions to make. And t- to be fair, probably got a couple of these questions to answer himself because he you know, he changed his system against Brighton. He didn't start very well because he had Ericsson as a false nine. Changed his system at half-time against um, Brentford because he made wholesale subs and uh, brought off Shaw, brought off Martinez and... By all accounts, there was a very 50-50 debate on whether Maguire or Varane would be the one playing against Brentford. So a lot mm. of moving pieces in there. He's obviously making some big calls and there could be some tomorrow as well when with Ronaldo and everything like that. Um, and Rooney's obviously come out today and said he dropped Ronaldo and Rashford. So it brings this consequential question. Who do you bring in? Do you bring in Garnaccio? Do you change the system? Do you, as Andrew was saying earlier, put Martinez in midfield um, do you think this is a big test for Ten Hag as, as much as it is for the players? Because this is one where having made a couple of errors in his early days, although you can understand him because he's new to the league and new to the squad, that he, he's under pressure to get something right tomorrow. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think it's not only Ten Hag, but it's the team as well that goes out there that's under a bit of pressure to perform. But just answering your points first about you know, from a tactical standpoint, what what's Ten Hag going to do? I think, you know, as you mentioned, he's made all these changes in the first two Premier League games. Unfortunately, what that means is that he doesn't know what his best 11 is. Um, and he's also, he also obviously had this uh, this thought in both games as to, you put out the team that you think is going to go ahead and win that football game. But in both Circumstances it didn't quite go to plan. Um, definitely against uh, against Brentford, I unlucky was there right behind the goal where we conceded all four. And trust me, it, it just wasn't a good sight. in In the terms of, it, I think it happened in the first game as well against Brighton. When we concede, we seem to like go back to default mode, like default mode from last year, where we literally it's almost like we have a bit of a panic attack. And everyone just kind of, just, you know, just like, just let's not concede another. Uh, And it just got worse and worse. So, I mean, from Ten Hag's perspective, it's big calls all over the park. You know, does he start Martinez again? Um, I know a lot of people, you know, were putting comments about his height. Again, seeing him in the flesh, he isn't very tall. It it is true. (laughs) He's not the tallest center backs. Um, so, I mean, do you put faith in him again uh, and start him again against Liverpool? Um, do you switch to a three? You know, like Andy was saying, I, I don't think that's such a bad idea to have him just in front of Maguire and Varane. Uh, I think that could be a very good option because he is pretty good on his, uh, with his feet and distributing the ball. Um, Ronaldo, Rashford... To be honest, I think it's a, a bit too much of a big game uh, to leave Ronaldo out. I think one of, one of the biggest things, I've come to this realisation and epiphany, uh, without going too off-piece, is that United's biggest problems outside of coaching, which hopefully will come from Ten Hag's philosophy, which will take time, are things which you can't teach. And that's things like character, confidence. You know those kind of points. With the, with, oh. <laughs> Sorry, <that> wasn't me. <laughs> no, I, <saw> that. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, you know those points can't. You can't. You can't teach that. That comes. You know, with time, having a strong team, and just having that belief, that kind of united way. Um, again, going back to Roy Keane. Roy Keane one of my favourite players of all time. But if you, if you see him from a technical standpoint in his era, he most probably wasn't even top 10. But he was amazing because he had that belief, that confidence, that character, which is something we lack. And the reason why I say that and why I bring it up is that is what we are going to need in these big games against City, Liverpool. Because Man's Man, when you put it on, on paper... Not many of our players are going to get into Liverpool's team when you compare them. So how do you step up and how do you win those games? You have to come through grit, determination and confidence, right? So as well as the big calls that Ten Hag needs to make on the the tactical point, I think the players, if they are going to go out there and uh, get some points tomorrow it's going to have to be a big performance. Everyone's going to have to, you know, put their big boy pants on, you know, and and go out there and try and win a football match and uh, really dig in. Yeah.
3: Um, Some comments just come to to you, Andrew. Um, Steven, the the Silver Twins are the exact kind of characters we need in the team right now. absolutely agree. Dan says he'd love to see Garnacho. It won't happen probably, but he has the X Factor and he's so direct that he put Liverpool on the back foot. Ad Nunes played, I think Tenog would have conceded keeping Martinez on the bench, but with him out, I think they'll go with him. Um, and old Debo's come in and made a couple of comments. Um, Varane should start tomorrow ahead of McGuire. I'd still go with Ronaldo up front of Martial if fit on the bench. Um, Dave, will we get to see a lap of honour so we'll get the opportunity to say goodbye to McFred? I've never felt so empty since One Direction broke up and I didn't get to say goodbye um Rory just commented on your point Harry about Keane not having that about Keane he really misplaced a short pass he wanted it more than everyone else so he gave his tackles by ran more than anyone and could score a goal or two as well and Dan says bad time for Harry's mum to call (laughs) (laughs) Never, never know um Andrew obviously big game um Tenor made a couple of errors in his first couple of games, understandable as they may be. Ronaldo's going to be a big talking point. Um, Varane and, and Maguire another one. Um, it's really tough to know where what what you would predict in terms of how he goes. Because it's going to be a massively tough game anyway, even if he puts out the strongest combination of any of our players at the moment in time because of A, the, the disparity in quality and B, the the confidence levels, you know, so whatever combination he puts out, it's almost damned if you do and damned if you don't. But he's got to, he's still going to be a statement, um, no matter how he puts that side out. So, um, how, how do you think he's going to handle that?
5: I mean, it's just a pity that Casemiro isn't available for tomorrow night. It would have been the ideal game to come in and have your debut for, I think. Um, mm. from, from what I've heard this week at some of the, the way they've lined up at training, they, they've gone with a sort of a back four of Malassia, Moran, Maguire, Dallo, Martinez, McTominay, just in front. Um, Bruno, Ericsson was in there as well. So I think there's a there's a little bit to play about with. But well, I think with Liverpool, it's about it's about the energy and it's about the closing down. And to me, if you look at when we played Liverpool last season. And we got absolutely destroyed within the first sort of half an hour by Liverpool. Nearly every single goal they score come from their defence. There was just no pressing. There was no closing down. They passed the ball through us far too easily. And that's what they're going to they're going to do to us again. And, and you know, I w- I went to the game at Anfield with Ten Hag I forgot the the team selection completely wrong. You know how Phil Jones got thrown into that game. I I, I do not know and. You know, one saving grace is we're not going to see that tomorrow night. But I, I joked last time, I said if we can come through the first four minutes without conceding a goal, we might be onto something here. And we we conceded on about four minutes, and I think it's the same tomorrow. I think mean, as as Harry mentioned, the, the body language and the, and the way that the team responded to going so early down against Brentford last week was was absolutely diabolical. And it, we we just I mean, if we concede early again, everyone's heads are gonna heads are gonna go. And I think. It's about getting that energy back into the team tomorrow night. And I don't think Ronaldo fits that bill. His body language has looked as bad as anybody we've seen in a while. You know, he flaps his arms around us as Rooney's come out and said today, you know, it's not a good sign for the rest of the team to be doing. And I think for me, okay, Martial's been out for a couple of weeks. Start with him. If he gets injured, he gets injured. He has to come off. You know, sometimes it, you know, you, you can say, right, put him on for the last 20 minutes. He's injured. Well, what happens if he gets injured again? Then you you you're running out of substitutes. So to me, you, you start with him. If he gets injured, he gets injured and he comes off. But I think we've just got to go with a bit more fluidity throughout the whole team tomorrow. So well, I think the atmosphere in Old Trafford. I know there's been talk of people saying boycott Old Trafford and keep Old Trafford empty. It's not going to happen tomorrow night. But I think on the back of the protest march and the way the the sort of media's been this week about sign ins and. Buyout takeovers and buyouts and stuff. I think the atmosphere is going to be pretty electric tomorrow night. I think the fans will be pretty much up for it as they always are with Liverpool. It could turn poisonous pretty quick though if um, if things start going wrong tomorrow night. And I think I just think there's been a freak set of results this weekend. Don't don't bet against us winning one nil tomorrow.
3: Nil. Good grief. That (laughs) that that certainly would be a freak. Um, (laughs) I'm going to come to you now, Kyle, with this. Um, So um, we've got a couple of team suggestions. Uh, Dan says he thinks Varane, Malasia, and Marcia will start in place of Maguire, Shaw, and Ronaldo. Changes have to be made. Bruno could be benched as well, for sure. Rory says tomorrow De Gea, Wambasaka, Varane, Maguire, Shaw, Martinez, Ericsson, Fred, Alanga, Rashford, Sancho. Um, <laughs> it's alright it's Harry's mom again um, my, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. definitely not me definitely not a me a good show but maybe not his first start against Liverpool in the situation and as I agree Andrew I'm driving down with my kids and going into the ground but do support the protest. it's a very difficult one one thing you'll, we'll say on this channel you're not going to find people judging other people for the way that they want to protest and the way that they choose to do that um, for sure um yeah it's um first of all is the selection Kyle which is one thing second of all is the thing that andrew um andrew talked talked about earlier is the way that we played against liverpool last season and unfortunately anyone who watched us play brentford last week with the way that we were playing out from the goal kicks suggests that the old suffocation technique is likely to you know, if we play that way, we're basically saying you're having three goals, Liverpool, and we're going to have to try and score five or six here. Because if we play like that, we're letting goals in playing
4: like that without question. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it'll be bad. It, it'll, it'll be as bad as last season if that's what happens. Um, no, I, I mean, I think I, th- I think we could talk about selection as much as we, you know, we could talk about selection for hours, probably. You know, who we think should play. I mean. I, I think we could talk about right back. Um, honestly, I think this is maybe a game where I would put Juan Bissaka in just cause I think defensively he's better. I think this is probably a game where you are looking for your, you know, uh, your better defensive players. Um, I, 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 I understand why he likes Dallow going forward, but, uh, I would be more worried about shoring up the back four tomorrow <laughs> than that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about the right mindset. Um, having confidence to not make silly mistakes like we saw last weekend. Um, If they come out and do that again, uh, it's going to be a disaster. Um, They, 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 we saw what happened as soon as the first goal went in and it was a bad goal. I mean, it was a bad mistake by De Gea. It never should have been a goal. Um, Harry probably had a really good view of it based on where he said he was sitting. Um, But uh, if that happens, I mean, you just saw how deflated they got. And from there on out, they were never going to win that game because, um everything was sloppy they they beat themselves really um yeah. they they couldn't do the simple things um you know and they'll they'll get they'll they'll find themselves right back in that position tomorrow if they if they concede in the first 10 minutes um you know it's over yeah. they won't get back into it um they 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 will struggle to get the ball out of the defense um they they won't be able to get the ball in the midfield you know whoever starts up front and we can have that debate over and over, whether or not it's Marshall or, or Ronaldo, um, they'll hardly touch it (laughs) because it's just, it'll get sloppy. um, And we've seen it too many times over the last 12 months. They just lose total belief in themselves as soon as they, as soon as they run into any sort of adversity. Um, So I think the first 10 minutes is really where we're going to, it's going to be telling. That's really where we're going to figure out, is this a game that we can get something out of, or is this a game where, you know, we've seen it all too many times the last, you know, six to 12 months, um, you know, where that first goal goes in and then, you know, the floodgates just open and we get, you know, just humiliated, I guess is really the word. I mean, that's what happened against Liverpool last season. And that's what happened against, you know, that's what happened last week. So um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I it, like, like I said, I mean, we could talk about team selection for hours, but I don't think it matters. It, 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 I mean, it, it does matter, but it doesn't matter if if they don't have confidence in themselves, and if they if if they make any sort of silly mistake that leads to an early goal, it, it's over. It won't matter which eleven are out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for any game. You have to play the games for a reason. Um, you can't just assume that it's going to be bad just because it's been bad recently. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful for this game, but um, I think we've seen it too many times the last couple of years. So. Is it,
3: in your opinion, I, I mean, watch this team, as we all have for, like, the last sort of four or five years, are, you, are we kind of hoping to see something that we've never seen before, which is, and I don't want to say this, like, because it sounds really critical. You want to see a reaction from them. And I'm not being, well, I guess it is an harsh thing, but I think it's realistic. We've just not seen a team that has reactions in them.
4: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's. Uh, I just, as soon as you said that, I just thought of all the like tweets and Instagram posts that they put out after every loss, where it's like we have to look in the mirror and, and react and, and then there's never an actual reaction. It's all just words, um, which is, is the most annoying thing in the world. Um. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how you can come out of that game last week and not react. But I also don't know how you could come out of last season and not react. And yet here we are with zero points, sitting you know, at basically at the bottom of the table. I guess thanks to West Ham, we're not bottom of the table right now. Um, but uh, you know, they're they're they don't they don't have any fight in them. And you know, I, I, my hope is is that. 10 hog will eventually be able to turn that around and and get their mentality right. Someone has to give them that belief back because they're not as bad as they have played. We know that we've watched, you know, Solskjaer had this team in second place, you know, what is it like two seasons ago, two, three seasons ago, um, with a lot of the same players. They're not as bad as they've been playing. Um, they just, I don't know where the fight has gone. Like, they just don't have any belief in themselves. And it's, it's really sad to watch. Um, it's sad yeah. as a fan. It's, it's like, I, like, I watch Rashford play and there's just like, like him in particular, and there's just no joy there. Um, it, it, it's like, it's, it's like kind of like, it, it makes me feel bad for like the, like, makes me feel like bad watching it. Like, it's like, it's like something's like broken in some, um, some of these players. Like, they, are like, they, like, they're, i don't know it's i I really hope they figure it out because we we can't keep watching it they can't keep playing like that um it's really a problem um and uh yeah and and that's one of the thing i like about the like 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 casemiro i think is a perfect kind of signing because he's fiery um if you i you know you've seen some of the compilation videos that have gone around twitter um of his performance against, uh, Liverpool, where he's going into those like bone crunching, uh, challenges. And it's like, you need someone like that in the team who's, who's, who's got some fight, who's, um, you know, fiery and, you know, has some passion and will get things going. And, um, I I've seen some, um, I've seen some of that in, in highlights of Anthony too, where he's, he's, he's a little bit he's a I, I, he's a little bit of an instigator and i, and I like that you need some of the, these guys that got fight in them in the team i feel like we don't got any of those guys and i'm hoping that bringing people like that in who have that kind of character will rub off on the current players um because whatever fight they have is kind of gone so um we need someone who will bring it in although i think ronaldo's tried to do that and everyone seems to not want to take criticism and now he's you know that's kind of why he's you know downed his tools so i don't know it's it's a it's a hard problem to fix um but hopefully we see a reaction tomorrow that's a that's a long answer to say i don't know that they have the ability to react but i hope they do yeah,
5: um, yeah I, I hope on that kyle is one of the things the signings to me brings it's not just a different level of play than what we've already got it's a change in the attitude of the dressing room and you're bringing in players who haven't been in that negative dressing room for the last 18 months you're also increasing the competition on places. There's too many people in that Manchester United team who, as poor as they've been, the place is pretty much guaranteed. And they're now going to have to start questioning themselves to say, hang on a minute here, if I'm not performing this week, there's somebody else coming in to take my place here. And, you know, the options on, you know, Aaron wan to me is a, is a prime example of that. He had a brilliant first season, absolute superb quality defending, hardly anyone could beat him. And then once people started asking questions about him getting forward, his whole game just seemed to go to pot. And and you're talking about now, there's not a bad player in there. For me, he would probably fit in nicely on a back three. You know, he's not the one, he's not the player you want to be getting up and down, whipping in crosses. But defensively, he's still very hard to beat when the ball's on the floor and people are running at him. But he's he's struggling to command £10 million on a transfer fee now. And that that just says where where our players have gone. As bad as we are, Buying players and and overpaying, we're extremely bad at selling players and and underselling players. You know, but Bay is pretty much out the door now on a on a free transfer, um, or sorry, on a loan, which has got an option to buy. Probably not much going to happen with that. So, we need to get back to the level of almost what City have done this year and 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 Liverpool in a way of you buy, you get your squad in place, you get a squad which is up there, and then each year you top it up with a sort of marquee signing. But still selling players who are at that value and increasing the level. And one thing City have done this year is really well is they've sold well and they've bought well and, and Liverpool pretty much done the same And and that's where we need to be. It's probably gonna take three or four years to get there. But that this is hopefully the foundation to do that.
1: Yeah. just just a quick point, like adding to all of that, like to summarize, I think it just all starts with confidence. Like what Carl was saying before about Rashford, you know, Rashford he used to have like no fear, right? He used to just run at players, and sometimes he'd beat them, sometimes he wouldn't, but he would still like carry on going. And I think just just the last couple of years, he's he's lost that, and I think it's not just him; it's the whole team. If you look at Sancho, Sancho's regressed, if we're quite honest, from the player that we saw at Dortmund and with England. So I think if you start with the confidence, and then you know, it just lifts everyone. And then they stop playing the sidewood balls, and they start going a little bit more forward, a little bit more attacking, and I think that that's really going to be the key factor. Because if you base it on attributes and players, our first eleven, you can't say our first eleven isn't as good as Brentford's first eleven or Brighton's first eleven. So you know what is the factor that's missing, right? It it is these these points I think around uh, confidence, character, philosophy. Which hopefully Ten Hag will will instill with them in time, and then just one other really quick note, just um, slightly slightly off piece, where one thing that I noticed in the Brentford game, which I think Ten Hag needs to change, is every time we conceded, I just looked over to the bench, and he wouldn't get up. I think in situations like that you really need your manager to get up on the touchline, start barking some orders, getting under the skin of the players and, you know, trying to lift them. Um, And I very rarely saw him get out of this seat that first half. And, you know, if if it's like that tomorrow, you're dealing with a team who are kind of lost themselves and the manager's not there supporting them. Uh, I just think it doesn't help.
3: No, yeah, it's a good point. I, I will say... He was up on the touchline against Brighton, um, <laughs> quite active. He, he was maybe sitting down because it was so hot. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was sitting down if they could. Um, so some comments before we uh, close out the show tonight. Um, J- thanks, everyone, for joining the conversation in the comments. It's been great. And uh, thanks for the lads, obviously, for coming on as well. Jason says, I, I will not be boycotting. The team needs support more than ever. Dave, you've um, got a lot to say on the boycotts um, and the protests says walking out will have a bigger impact than standing outside the store asking people to boycott is pointless walking out after first half while the world watches is the only protest that can work jay says really think we'll see character tomorrow whether we lose or win Uh, it doesn't matter we need to show some character absolutely completely agree with that of course um let's see if we've got any more Comments in Dan says, Get Harry's moment right back, she doesn't give up easily. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Roy says, essential uh, Sancho has regressed because he's in that environment, take him out of, of that, and he's a quality player. That's could be said for so many of these um players. Um, Jason, yeah, he was on the top side all game against Brighton, as I was saying earlier. Um, and Jay says, We need explanation about the Frankie situation from the board. So, well, I, I think it's pretty obvious what that's been. To be fair, we know what the problem has been, and we know why United have persevered for so long. I mean, I think the last thing we need is more conversation about Frank Young. He either signs or doesn't. Um, and Gopal says, "Good to he, good to see and hear Harry on, on the pod." Yeah, absolutely. We love Harry- having Harry on as it's- as of. Course, I love having Kyle and Andrew on as well. And and do what Jason says hit that like button, everyone. Right. We will be um, back next week to talk about this game and obviously the Southampton game, which will have happened um, by then. So it gets hopefully, even if there's something terrible happens in the Liverpool game, we'll just talk about Southampton because (laughs) surely that's got to be better. Um, Yeah. So thanks for the guys for joining in. Um, We will be back. I'll be back tomorrow with this podcast with Joe Seeley. Um, this of Les to talk about um the forthcoming autobiography, and you did hear that right? It is an autobiography Les? Um, he wrote most of it before he passed away. Um, congratulations again to Phil, and then we'll be back on Tuesday for the complete post match uh, post mortem, whether that's a good or a bad thing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that Mark will be doing a, a post match podcast tomorrow, straight after the sh- uh, straight after the game. So be sure to ch- um, tune in, tune in, tune in for that. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please hit the like button and subscribe on YouTube. We really appreciate the support for that. And if you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to give us a review of the platform you are listening on. Thanks a lot, guys. We will be back next week. Stay safe, stay well. Thanks for listening and watching. Thanks
0: Terms and
1: conditions apply. Five years or hundred thousand miles, whichever comes first.
0: ProPilot Pilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh